Hello, I'm Jeremy Eden. I'm Dan Eden. And I'm Jay Drum. And this is 90 Under 90. 90 movies. Under 90 minutes. I haven't, uh, I haven't listened to it since Guys, last year. I'm going to hype this up for next cycle. I have an idea for a new 90 theme that I'm excited to put together. A new, like a new like an show theme in yeah, general? Yeah, like an original 90 under awesome. 90 theme. Um, yeah, yeah, I want I want to uh, get away from, because I'll be honest with you, like I chose the, oh, by the way, uh, <laughs> today <laughs> on our show. I love to talk before the title. <laughs> today on our show, clocking in at 87 minutes, we're talking about 2012's Frankenweenie, directed by Tim Burton. Passion project that... We'll talk about whether or not it was worth it or not. Many years in the making, but uh, Many, new, new, yeah. new theme, huh? I'm I'm actually uh, I'm pumped for that because I got I, some ideas. I, I I have been finding the fast forwarding <laughs> sound effects to be a little jarring <laughs> and obnoxious, and <laughs> fortunately, on at least Apple Podcasts, you can skip it's thirty very, seconds it's, ahead. It's biased to the 20th Century Fox. Uh, you know why I chose that intentionally? Why? Because I knew that the 20th Century Fox. I knew that Fox was going away as a studio, so I was ah. like, oh, well, that could kind of be up for grabs. That's pretty strategic. <laughs> Even though we yeah. don't have access to that music, but that was my int- my personal choice because I was like, you know what? You're not going to hear that in the movie theater anymore. It's a, hey. I wanted to give people a taste of the past. You know, the, the guys, Retro. we're playing uh, three-dimensional chess here. So... Instead, we're gonna we're gonna regress even further, and I'm gonna use the TriStar Pictures music, <laughs> including Perfect. the including TriStar. the horse. TriStar go? Uh, okay, it's kind of like Star Wars almost. <laughs> I I really butchered that. Yeah, yeah, um, just like that, Jay. <laughs> I got it now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, that's a that's a taste of uh, of the future to come in twenty uh, twenty twenty. Yeah, but uh, right now we're talking about twenty twelve's Frankenweenie in twenty nineteen. Not to be confused with the original short film Frankenweenie. Yeah, um, yeah this is the, the live action one starring Daniel Stern. Yeah, <laughs> the Stern. Um, how come he wasn't the dad in this one? They got Martin Short instead. That's a good Martin question. Short, Why do Martin you think? Martin Short is. Uh, He's a Tim Burton guy. He was he? Mars Attacks. Yeah, he yeah. was in Mars Attacks. But it, you you would wonder why he uh, he didn't at least consider. Maybe he did consider. Stern, Daniel Stern was like, I don't care. Maybe Stern said some shit to Tim Burton or about Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah. And he did <laughs> not take kindly to that because he's not done a Burton film since the short. That's true. I don't know, man. You know, Bad blood. <laughs> you tweet at us. Maybe uh, maybe he watched Batman. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't want to do this. <laughs> he did it in his Wonder Years voice. Well, this was Batman? <laughs> Not the Batman I had remembered. Winnie That's a terrible, Cooper. <laughs> That's a terrible Daniel Stern. All you guys do is just say the character's name to reference the show. Winnie Cooper and Paul, Paul. may or may not be Marilyn Manson. <laughs> yeah, I remember right, that. Right, guys? And there's a I ghost that. in Three Men and a Baby. That's true, too. That is 100% factual. And Jeffrey Epstein is alive, and he's a seagull. Listen yep. to our child's play. Or is that a out of order? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the child's play is coming later. Fuck, There's a, let's get into this. Yeah. Frankenweenie. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot. It's a Disney movie, so we weren't technically done with Disney movies, even though I knew we had one more live-action Disney movie pretty coming mu- up. Pretty soon they'll all, all right, be Disney movies, it. to be fair. Yeah, yeah it's true. So. They're, they're coming for everything. Mm-hmm. 
They're going to have it all by the end. Pretty sure they own this house we're in. Yeah. I see the emblem on the walls here. Yep. I see mouse ears hidden throughout this entire house. Yeah. If you look carefully, there's some over there by the dartboard. No, when I look over and I see, to bring it back here, I see uh, your dog here, Jay, Hank. He's a cute little dog here. And he, look, he responds to his name because he's a dog and they're smart. And is this the reason why you picked Frankenweenie off the list? No. Uh, I picked Frankenweenie because it's one of my favorites. Tim Burton is Tim Burton and me have a love-hate relationship. <laughs> you know, Big Fish is one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. Agreed. Brilliant. The first Batman, brilliant. You know, what he did with stop animation in this. And to me, this has always been his, his opus. Yeah. Frankenweenie, one of the last major movies he did, right? if you can call this major. What's he done after it? He did that... Uh, well, this he did Peregrine's. Yeah, Home for he just did yeah. Dumbo. I mean, to be fair, so yeah. that was another big and, and like, Beetlejuice two in the works. Yeah, but is that really happening? Yeah. Oh man, <sighs> much to the chagrin of. Well, though you know what, I, I I can't say that anymore because I'm on board now for Bill and Ted three, and I wasn't you know <laughs> yeah, you several might be months eating ago. Those words for so breakfast, lunch, and dinner. At this point, it's just a wait and see. So. And I I always I always felt like Frank and Weenie was like his his homage his 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 swan song. That, oh really? Like, not not to say that he wasn't going to do any movies or not planning on right. doing any movies, but it was like the I've, I've had a, I've had a yeah things. I've had a great career. Here's all the people that have wow. been involved in it. Here's all my here's everything that I've I've that made me who I am. Here, and, here's my whole bag of you. tricks, kind of. Yeah, here's my whole bag of tricks, and yeah. thank you to all of you people. Wow, like, it was it was an opus to me. It's so inter- it's so interesting that you felt that way. I'm glad you do. It feels like most of us, including myself, when it came out. It was the op- it was very. It feels like minor Burton. I don't know, doesn't it? Um, well, I mean, it, here's the problem with this movie: is this movie? But I get what you're saying because he, I read, we read Burton on Burton. He talks about like in almost every interview, Vincent Price, Vincent Price, old black yeah. and white monster movies. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. No, it's just uh, I. I don't even. Rem- I probably wasn't even going to make a good point, oh, so it doesn't matter. Fuck. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, but yeah, th- this to me feels like minor Burton. Oh yeah, yeah. No, yeah. That's what we were saying. The problem is that this comes out in a time where like the world is kind of like, uh, what does Tim Burton have to offer now? Because like this is post Alice in Wonderland. I was thinking about the trajectory of not just Burton, but filmmakers like Burton who have this extensive oeuvre over decades now. Yeah. Here's how I feel it goes. They they come out big. They have their few hits, like a string of hits, maybe two or three. Mm-hmm. In this case, you can list your, your Batmans and your, your late 80s, early Edward Scissorhands, etc. Really, the, the Burton stream, the mm-hmm. Burton streak, I rather, ends with Ed Wood. You'd say that? Yeah. And that, because yeah. after you, Ed Wood, yeah. that's when, like, Mars Attacks comes out, and that's when the world is kind of like, wait, what is yeah. this? And, and then see, it's just, she's not impervious. You and, see, and, he's and not at perfect. the time Mars Attacks came out, I felt similar to Mars Attacks. I was mm-hmm. like, this is this is him giving thanks to, you know, what what he it's, grew up it, watching. It, it, it's and a what love letter, him. yeah. yeah it's, it's Mars Attacks so. is a movie that I think the world will appreciate more as time goes on, I think that it yeah. ages. It, yeah. I, I think that it's schlocky. It's, it's surprisingly, fun, it's, it, it's really good. It's just that it reeked. It reeked a Burton. It well, reeked. The, a, yeah. the big problem yeah. is that it comes out at the in the exact same year as uh, Independence Day. So it, it's <laughs> like it, you don't know how to take it. You got your goofy alien movie. Yeah, it's like comic-y, serially, and then you got your serious uh, big blockbuster one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> so what I'm saying is not just him, but every filmmaker does this. Do you find a chink in the armor after some movie that mm-hmm. people say, oh, I don't know about this one. It wasn't a huge hit. Then they make kind of a comeback, but it's never as big as their initial opening. But then, and this is where he's at, they reach a point of comfort where they don't give a fuck about anybody or anything. I get that feeling that he's just in it to maybe for money more so, but definitely not for what anybody else has to say. He's just doing his thing. And uh, this movie reeks of, of not complacency, comfort, comfortability. A man comfort, uh, even though this is stop motion, is kind of a return to the old waters. Mm-hmm. He has his sensibilities firmly in place. We all know what he is, and he's comfortable in that. Here's the thing about Frank and Weenie is, like, you can tell at this point in his career, this is the exact movie that he wanted to make. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, and this is also the movie that, that started him. I mean, Frank and Weenie was... The, well, would, the yeah, short it's, thing it's, that it's that gave him a career. I mean, this led to Frank and Weenie leads to P- big, uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure because Paul yeah. Rubin sees it and he's like, I really like this. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's definitely when he goes back to it, it's kind of like uh, to Jay's point, you know, I, it, it almost is like an opus of like. This is everything that I've wanted to this do. This is my brain on film here. And it does feel like after this, it's just kind of like, I don't know. Let's see. What do you got? Yeah. What do you want me to direct? What else needs to be said? You want to do a Tim Burton take on X-Men? Sure. Give me Miss Peregrine. <laughs> Whatever. Sure. How about uh, yeah. Batman the Musical? Yeah, uh, right? Um, Whatever. Uh, who? Well, now that you put <laughs> it in these terms. $16 million in this. It really does feel like a bigger career movie for him like a big milestone movie for him as i watch it and all 87 minutes of it which doesn't really help the cause of it being a milestone i think to myself this feels minor and it's because it feels like it's three i would argue three quarters of the movie that he wanted to make the rest is they didn't know how to finish yeah the the third act guys it 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 should have and i'll get into it's a minor spoiler is if they try to go bigger and more disaster monster movie because he i guess he likes maybe godzilla yeah those it feels it should be more personal that personal stakes it's about a boy and his dog not about a bunch of animals terrorizing creatures terror sea monkeys terrorizing uh, a fair you know though the sequence was fun but at a certain point it's just like well what are we doing yeah you lose sight of oh we'll get into it i mean we'll just it's a really childish movie by a man that makes really childish movies about adult content and that's what this is like i don't i i don't have children but would would you, uh, you know, would I mean, you want, would you want your young kid to see this? You know. Oh, I would have no five? problem with him. Yeah, I'd have no problem with him seeing this movie. I mean, it's re- it's it the heaviness of this movie is like is a is a child dealing with death, you know, and like to a certain extent, that's I don't know. <laughs> it's 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 Disney death, you know, like yeah. but it's also like Burton Disney death, so it's, it's like, dark. Yeah. It also like it has it leans into this love of science too. It celebrates science. Yeah. With the teacher, who's probably the coolest character in the movie, I would argue. Yeah. Uh, modeled after Vincent Price. Exactly. And and Victor also is... Because also he made a... Tim Burton, in his old nascent period, he made a, a, a stop-motion movie called Vincent. Right. Which was based off of uh, like a little mad scientist boy. I believe he looks like Victor, even. So he's always had this these remnants. So... In back, thus backing up the the culmination argument here, but yeah, yeah, the teacher and the the main character feel like surrogates of of Vincent Price. It gets like slapped with the 
I it's mean, all pricey. And yeah, for Christ's sakes, this little boy is Tim Burton. This, I mean, <laughs> they might as well have just named the boy Tim Burton. This is Vincent Victor. I had seen somewhere that Sparky was after a dog of his as well. The dog was yeah. after his childhood dog. And, you know, it's like you said, it started him. It started him like this was the movie he made to showcase himself or the short film he made to showcase himself. And this yeah. feels like a full circle. When Disney's like, we don't know what to do with them. Just give them some money to make whatever. Like, fine, yeah. Frankenweenie. That's what it is. And this, it, might, it, yeah. might, it might feel like it's, uh, you know, it's mailed in or very comfortable because I think at this time in his career, he also needed a win really bad. Yeah. Yeah. But is this a win? Uh, maybe critically, it was. I'd have to see the tomato score. But I don't know how well it did commercially. Yeah, the thing about an animated movie is that the scale is so much different from a live action movie so it's like an animated movie you're guaranteed to sell because of kid you audience know, yeah, yeah you know like Even though for, it's in black and white i have no idea what this movie made but for like an animated movie can make a fraction of what a live action movie makes and it'd be like considered a mm. profit a way a way it's financial relative, success yeah. you know so a re- maybe perhaps a relative hit. Well, I didn't do my research, but it just feels like this movie came and this movie went. And yeah. I didn't really bat an eye, and this is my first time seeing it. And I don't consider myself a Burton file, but I've seen more than half of his, his career. The, I'd say the first half, which is the good half, because I did not really see Peregrine. I did didn't not see Dumbo. I didn't see I didn't that either. yet, but I am interested in Dumbo after having heard about Dumbo. Yeah. Because Dumbo is essentially like a big fuck you to Disney almost. Oh, really? Yeah, like the 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 parallels between like Michael Keaton's character and like Walt Disney. There's stuff to read into. Yeah. There's enough to make uh, several YouTube channel videos <laughs> yeah. analyzing Dumbo. There, yeah, there's something there's something there. There's something yeah. going on here. That's, yeah, that's I'm a little older than you guys. You know, I'm uh, I'm 41. Yeah. But to to a lot of people I know, not me personally. But to a lot of people I know, this is this is their Halloween movie. You know, you watch Frank trains, planes, automobiles at Thanksgiving. You yeah. watch Frank and Weenie. Wow. At at Halloween, tradition. like you know, it's yeah. Okay. Is it a tradition in in your household? No. No. <laughs> no. No. Uh, should we get into it? Yeah, let's get into the movie. All right, Frank and Weenie. The Disney logo change. We gotta like kind of adjust to the black and white of the movie here. Yeah, I appreciate that. The lightning strike, and then we're like, we're in black and white world. And we're just in universal ex- monster territory. Accept it and deal with it. Yeah, and and somewhere out there, a vi- a, I'd like to see. And maybe I'm slapping God in the face. A VFX artist take a colored version of this. Well, I I mean they would have to colorize it because yeah, this manually would, they, they go back all, in. They were all. Uh, black and white puppets like everything oh was yeah made black they didn't just hey. shoot this with black and white film this was like yeah. hd quality uh, the, there's there's the nebraska that movie's black and white in color i want to see the frank and weenie i just saw a color. screenshot that somebody did where they took like a, a screenshot from clerks and colorized it and oh it really really cool like it looked really have seen a color clerk i would not mind one. watching a color clerks i might actually uh, be able to enjoy clerks a little bit more if it was in somebody color. out there is going fuck you guys I, yeah i know in re- that's, that's in reverse i seen logan in in the theater yeah, in yeah, color the yeah. logan and then noir. i watched the noir mm-hmm. and i was like wow i wish i would have seen it in black and white first yeah be, i you hear that guys because i i'm kind of an advocate for the logan noir cut and I'm not for the Mad Max uh, black and chrome. That's a movie you need to see in color. But Logan in black and white is pretty freaking. It's cool. It's cool. Um, so it opens with uh, you like this. It's like that sort of Toy Story thing where they kind of do that meta comment like 
we're making a film within the film here, yep. and it's, it's it's our a, main character. It's through the through the boy's prism. That, you know, it's his movie. It's mm-hmm. little Timber or little uh, Victor made a, a little movie that he's showing to his parents. Yeah, you're right. Right off the bat, Jay, this is Tim Burton showing his uh, shorts basically yeah. to his family, and it's and little stripes. Victor. I don't yeah. know why the man loves stripes. So yeah, much. yeah, it's black, black and white, and white stripes. stripes. Just part of his aesthetic. Long bodies with large heads and large eyes with tiny pupils. You know, yeah. it's it's all part of the Burton look, and mm-hmm. it's. Uh, I mean, it's it's probably the whole reason why he is such a, a cultural. It's why we know who he is. You know, yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's so distinct. And he's he's watching the short film, and his parents are you know they're encouraging him, but they're also kind of a little skeptical, especially the dad played by Martin Short, yeah. and Catherine O'Hara is the voice of the mom, mm-hmm. and uh, I think they do a great job as the parents. I don't really like Short usually. No, Martin Short is usually obnoxious, but he's actually pretty good in both roles in this. Yeah, yeah. There's two dual roles, actually s- multiple roles. A lot for of people doing multi- several roles. Catherine O'Hara has got the best second role ever though and it's like i had to actually look it up to see that it was her oh i think i know who you're talking about yeah um and, and they're on a watching on a projector so you're thinking that this might be in the 50s or something like that like an old era but we find out later that that kind of, there's a contradiction so it's kind of a timeless present day kind of lost i think new holland where this movie takes place in this fictional town that has a hollywood type sign mm-hmm. very much like we're near where burton grew up well it very much looks like it, it, it honestly, it looks like the town from Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, where idyllic suburban. Where at one point they had a windmill up on the top of the hill, and then they must have knocked down the windmill and built a giant castle, <laughs> and that's when the town got creepy. <laughs> yeah, it's always something about like a sunny town, but there's a shadow looming over it. It's yeah. got these jagged branches or something. Uh, like the Disney Palace getting hit by lightning in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. They, you're welcome for like most of the dark. The reason that. I was looking at, we're going to Disney World next year for the Mickey not-so-scary thing. Yeah. And I was looking, there's a reason Jack Skellington is the king, the pumpkin king. He is walking around, he's greeting everybody. He's the mayor of this Halloween town. You're welcome, says uh, Tim Burton. He didn't even direct that movie. So, uh, props to Burton here. Yeah, I wonder how, like, what's the the real director's name of Henry, Henry Selleck. Selleck yeah. yeah, fucking. I wonder how Props he feels. Props to you, about Henry Selleck. Uh, yep, yep. Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas, huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we're watching the short film with the parents, and it's what is? It? It's like a Godzilla monster movie, but Sparky, the dog, for the titular Frankenweenie, who they never say the name Frankenweenie at all in this, which no. is fine. Yeah, he's plays like the monster in the short. Yeah. In this rudimentary short, in this little set with little miniatures. He's got spikes strapped to his back and he's like a dinosaur. This kid is economical, man. He knows how to make a, make a good looking <laughs> movie for for very little. And uh, so the, the parents are slightly encouraging. The film kind of stutters a little bit. He says, I can fix this. He, he has to splice it with actual razor blades in the attic. Yes, this was filmed. This is not digital. This is uh, not uh, done on uh, in iMovie. There's two, this is yeah. with a steam back and uh, and cutting the film and, and, and pinning it together. Yeah. Vincent I'm training it. to be a snuff film producer <laughs> yeah. in his, <laughs> his later life. Sweating That's why his dad wasn't into it. He's like, wait a second. I worry about the boy. <laughs> he spends a lot of time in the attic. What's he doing up there in the attic? Um... I'm gonna mention my oh that Martin Short really does a number <laughs> on your you throat. Got water there. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna mention my alma mater twice here. Once is uh, now because we were the last class in my film class. I graduated in 2010 to actually splice on uh, film. 
physically in Colombia and tape like, it they, together. They literally stopped doing that after you after my yeah. It was all went digital after that. That's cool. That's a yeah. that's a very interesting Excellent. skill it that was, you got. And I made a sixteen millimeter, which were you were in. You could see it on that's YouTube. Right. I was in that. <laughs> I I called the art that. of falling. <laughs> I, I say that a, for myself, it's not a for the college, movie. <laughs> it's a college short film. That's all you need to know. Yeah. And uh, anyway, yeah, it was very like. So I kind of uh, I get the whole. The tactile. Everybody always talks about the tactile film, and it's because you have to physically cut it with a, a razor and hope, pray to God that it's it holds together when you run it through a projector. Yeah. So, I I, I was a little victor to an extent, but I wasn't hanging out in an attic, beaten off to snuff films with my dog. <laughs> so, uh, he goes up to the attic, and the, the dad's like, he needs to be outside more. Catherine O'Hare is more understanding. It's as the just mom. like if it's just like fucking Man on the Moon, where it's like we're worried about the boy. We should go outside and play with his friends. Yeah. Oh well, I don't think he has any friends, honey. Yeah, just Sparky. Maybe you should dog. do something about that, parents. <laughs> what a kind of dog? Get him is into this? baseball. Yeah, he's all about baseball. Uh, what kind of dog is Sparky? Is it a bull mastiff? I no, bull mastiffs are big. I don't know what He's got it, that cone face. The Spud McKenzie looking dog. The Spud yeah, McKenzie Whatever that dog, dog yeah. is. I don't know. We were cat Petey from uh, up, Little so Rascals. We don't know dogs. OG? Was, or no, was he Petey, always an American Petey's bulldog? Petey's not that type of dog. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if he was. Uh, they changed him. But uh, he's just in his own world, says the mom. And we get to see Victor kind of. And this is while the credits are playing. We're kind of um, expediting these credits a little bit. Yep. And uh, we get the tr- like a treadmill rig. With a background, like a rolling background that Sparky runs on. He kind of uh-huh. slips off. You want to talk about ingenuity. He has like a rig that simulates uh, the dog running down little like streets as a giant dog. So that's cool. Yeah. I mean, like I said, this kid is economical. He rides his bike through New Holland neighborhood suburbs. Uh, le- Victor leaves for school, and he runs into what I think is going to be the villain of the movie. Yeah. Right? Very menacing presence. Mr. Burgermeister. Who looks a lot like my ex father in law? <laughs> um, <laughs> was he as mean? No, he okay. was a very he was a he was a, a gentle evil. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> played in the uh, short is by Martin Landau. In the short, the neighbor character. Oh, yeah. so there was a. Na- I you know I didn't watch the short in preparation for this, but I remember our father. Uh, showing us this at very young age. Yeah. He says, guys, you got to check out this short film. I don't know where he found it. It's essentially because I was into Pee-wee's Big Adventure that he was immediately yeah. trying to, oh, well, then watch this. You'll like this. Yeah. And I was I don't really care about this. It's black and white. I'm a kid. I don't like it. What's funny is there's like a waste of a rental at a video store because it was the 20 minute short or whatever. Uh-huh. It was just that on VHS at the video store. Yeah. So you would waste a whole like rental yeah. fee on like a 20 minute short. But anyway. He rides his bike through there. He leaves for school, runs into Mr. Burgermeister, voiced by Martin Short. Yeah, doing an, an actual good. Uh, it, it's a, it's an interesting character. It's not too over the top. It's menacing. It's, I didn't uh, know it was it, him at first. And then the shortiness. The, the shortiness we comes out. We got shorty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, uh, what does he say? He says, your dog was peeing on my flamingo. Yeah, <laughs> that's like his funny line. And this movie's written by uh, John August. The screenplay is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the original concept by, of course, Burton originally, but I don't know, somebody Some else. Some other maybe. dude wrote the original short screenplay. I think this is, he wrote Big Fish, and he wrote this. John August, yeah, he definitely And wrote. I think that might be it for now. I don't. I feel like he did have a couple more because there's a there's yeah. a couple where I, I'm like I feel like John August is John responsible John Logan for and John August are like seem to be rotating 
Burton uh, screenwriting guys. Yeah, and but then uh, that other dude with three names who like took a stab at the Beetlejuice script. Oh, uh, Seth Graham Smith. Yeah. He takes a stab at a lot of scripts. <laughs> at a lot of scripts. Uh, fucking. Uh, anyway, the reason I bring up John August is because he needs props. He is probably like there are screenwriters who talk about the craft in depth. He's one of those guys. Uh-huh. And you look at this movie and you can kind of pick it apart like an engine mm-hmm. uh, as, as screenwriting majors do or any anybody who respects the craft does. And you can kind of see all the building blocks, all the thi- all that structurally sound pieces that make a, a structurally sound screenplay. Yeah, I remember years ago on IMDb, I think it was John August, and this was like over 10 years ago at this point, mm-hmm. but like John August and I think there were like three or four or five filmmakers who used to like answer questions yeah. for people and Penelope yeah. Spheris, I think was one of them. You'd write in and they would answer your yeah, John August yep. was uh, was one of those people too. So yeah, he was definitely somebody who he's, talked about uh, the craft. He's even more lot. gettable now on Twitter. You just tweet him, he'll be like, "What do you got, man?" Like he knows he's like a screenwriting guru now, and uh, <coughs> but that doesn't there that does not make this script perfect. So I want to pick it apart a little bit here. <laughs> so anyway, sorry I digress. Uh, while the parents are away, though, Mr. Burgermeister's watching his niece, who's kind of a minor character, voiced by Winona. Uh, Winona Ryder. I'd recognize that lisp anywhere, that s- those hard S's. <laughs> <laughs> this is Winona Ryder in every movie that she does. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, she doesn't have a lot to do as the niece, does she, Jay? No, she doesn't. Um, She's it's, got a it's, poodle. Yeah, it's kind of a back of the back of it, but... It's 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 part of his his and whole she's, thing. She's got her arc though. I mean, she has to sing. She has to she has to sing. Um, she's her last name is Van Helsing. Yeah, Mr. Our, our first gratuitous monster movie reference. Yeah, um, it's a reference to Elsa Lancaster. The it looks like her. It the hair is like her with the four ponytails, mm-hmm. which was the original Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, okay. Loving tributes. Yeah, and uh, while we don't know why her parents are away. But she's staying with her uncle, Mr. Burgermeister, and he says he doesn't want any trouble because Dutch Day is coming Whatever up. Whatever the fuck Dutch Day is. We're getting a little exposition. Because Whacking here. Day is coming up, so, <laughs> you know, we got to. <laughs> it's some pagan ritual where they burn somebody at the stake. <laughs> yeah. And you're the Dutch girl this year. Who's the Dutch girl this put, year? My put, little Dutch girl. If you put Dutch in front of any descriptive word, to me it just sounds dirty. Yeah, you know? right? Dutch oven, mm-hmm. Dutch oven. <laughs> <laughs> So we're learning about electricity in science class. And now here's my Columbia College digression number two. This teacher, although he's an homage to Vincent Price, reminds me very much of this Romanian professor I had. His name was, uh, uh, let's just say, Val. You know what? He's passed away. He He was an actor in Romania. So his name was Val Paraschiv. He was a really nice guy. And he spoke in a very thick Romanian. He reminded me of Martin Landau and Ed Wood, too. Yeah. And... uh, Martin Landau. Yeah. Doing his... Uh, what was his name? Fucking... Uh, Bella, Bella Lugosi. Lugosi. Anyway, quick story. We're in class. It's like it's directing one or production one, and someone's pitching their short. And he was like, you know, he's a very passionate teacher. And we had a class by the L tracks on like the second floor, you know, in the loop. And the train's passing by. And one kid in class is about to pitch his story. He's like, all right, go, go. Let's say his name is Brendan. Brendan, go, pitch, pitch. He's like, okay. Uh, a story about a guy and his dog, and, and, and hold on. He goes, why you stop? Why you stop? He's like, well, I got to stop for the train. He goes, I am the train. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody in class laughs, and he just holds this, like, deathly stare on him, but he almost breaks. So he knows he's being funny. 
And uh, I ran into him like two years later. I was like, hey, Val, how are you? He's like, hey, do I have class with you? He didn't know yeah, me. Of but course. He was an elderly. He was really nice. I bl- I don't think he's with us anymore. So rest in peace. I am the train. I Hashtag am the I train. am the train. So, uh, okay. So they're learning about electricity in science class. The teacher, Val Paraskeve, talks about <laughs> a man getting hit by lightning in a scenario. Yeah. Like some sort of hypothetical with electric currents, ground meets lightning. And uh, there's a lot of light. The kids mentioned how there's a lot of lightning in, particularly in New Holland. It's a very electrical, it's a very lightning town. heavy town. Yeah. They built it's, New Holland. It's a very odd looking class as they, well. Yeah, they're yeah. all goofy looking, especially Edgar. Uh, yeah. But they built New this Holland. This Quasimodo Junior looking kid. <laughs> with, yeah. And on an abandoned gold mine, is what they say. That's why it's like a, such a conductor, I guess. So Sparky is at home and he's playing fetch with himself in the backyard. We're intercutting here. And the ball rolls through the fence to the neighbor's yard, Mr. Burgermeister's. And that's when we meet the poodle. Uh, what's the poodle's name? Persephone. Persephone. Thank you. Uh, uh, what's her name? Winona's poodle. And she rolls the ball back to his side. They have kind of a thing, a rapport. Yeah, he's, he's flirting with the French bitch next door. Yes, and that's not derogatory. No. So at school, <laughs> they're heading out, and they get flyers for the science fair. So... Once again, we're s- trying to celebrate science, or the teacher's trying to drill into the ki- young kids' brains, science, 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 maybe because he suspects these parents are dumb, dumb, dumb. So we have this weird cat girl with Burton eyes. Yeah, and that's Catherine O'Hara's second role is in it? this movie. That's Catherine oh. O'Hara doing that fucking hair. Liter- her name is literally Weird Girl. Weird Girl. And... Yeah, like that's just like take a moment to appreciate how fucking talented Catherine O'Hara is. The fact mm-hmm. that like that sounds nothing like her. I love Catherine O'Hara. She's great. I, and I didn't I, I didn't I, I tried to favorite. I tried to look for it online, but to me she she looked like one of the little girls from The Shining. Mm-hmm. Possibly, or she just looks it's, like a village of the damned type. Yeah, come character. play with us, Daddy. children of the corn, something. Yeah, you and know. Yeah, she's got these big Burton eyes. Yeah. And she talks to Victor about her cat having dreams, like prophecies of death of classmates. And you think this is going to be tie into the story? Kind of doesn't. Spoilers. She shows him a piece of shit, though. Yeah, that's the weirdest thing that has ever happened in a Disney movie. <laughs> I, at, first I'm, I, at first, I'm like, oh, maybe that's a hairball because it does kind of look a little hairy. Yeah. And then he... Follows that up with, did you dig that out of the litter box? And you're like, oh, no, we just looked at a black and white turd in the shape of a V. (laughs) You know, you get you see it in the tea leaves. Well, she sees it in the cat's Mr. Whiskers shit, like the deaths of her classmates. And apparently these classmates have died. And she said, well, so-and-so died uh, last week and I saw like a rope or something. And they hung, you know, some example of that. The the cat seems to shit the initial of the first initial of somebody who something bad's going to happen to him. it's a V this time. One time it was a B, which I found very impressive when I saw that (laughs) turn. I was like, how did that cat make that? (laughs) So Victor. How do you punch a hole right in the center of it like that is what I wanted to know. (laughs) Right. That's some real accuracy. Or wrap it around somehow in your own anus. You have to like coil it, but. Yeah, pinch it like a pretzel. You have yeah. to like twist it. it. Was, it that's, a, that's a pretty fat cat. Like, I, yeah. don't, I don't really see him, <laughs> you know. I don't know, man. Clearing that shit out. I mean, let's talk. Catherine artistry. O'Hara is incredibly talented, and so is that cat. That The piping <laughs> skills of that cat's <laughs> anus <laughs> is just off skills. the chart. So Victor bikes home. He greets uh, Sparky. And we get creepy, like, Edgar, Peter Laurie, 
is what he's based off of. Who he's based off of? Yeah, I think. he's like a like Hi, an eagle. I'm Peter Lorre. He's got like the hunchback. Yeah. But he's a younger voice, you know. Yeah, he's a child that's, actor. Uh, did you catch his last name? Who, they said it in class who, in the who, very beginning. What was it? Uh, Gore. Edgar so it was Gore? Edgar so Gore. Gore. So Igor oh. from Son of Son of Frankenstein. Just, just, Got it. Just homage after homage after homage. How many times? Last time we we found out at the end of Jeff <laughs> who lives That's at true. home that Jay, you watched it four times in preparation. Yeah. How, How many, many times have you watched Frank and Weenie in preparation? I've for seen this? Frank and Weenie twice now in my life. I seen it once when I was when I was maybe uh, in you know right around when it came out when it hit video. Yeah. Um, I seen it at a Halloween party where I was in the basement getting baked as hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's was the like, way to watch it. It was like, whoa, Tim Burton movie. And then I watched it uh I watched it last night and I watched a short this morning. Oh, okay. So you okay. yeah, you went the You didn't watch it four times this no. time. Okay. Took the extra no. step that we should have taken. Or at least one of us should have taken. I, I actually I'm glad one of us not did. doing that. So I will uh refer to Jay for any short film questions. Uh, but Peter Laurie Edgar shows up and he says, pick me as a partner for the science fair. It, this is all culminating, I guess, the stories to the science fair that the teacher yeah. is building up. Dutch Day and science fair, yeah. the, two, the two events that are going on in this movie. He says, we can make a death ray. And Victor shows him clearly on the flyer, there are no death rays allowed. It's, this is funny. it's in the fine print. And he says, hey, oh, I work alone. Very Burton-y. He used to, I, I, have fl- I own... The Burton on Burton book. I've read it a couple times. Loneliness, of course. Yeah. All, all solitude. Some Vincent of it is self-imposed Price. loneliness. Yeah. I, I feel to a certain extent. Which is exactly what Victor's doing yeah. here. And uh, Dad talks about his job as a travel agent, and he gives like one of those dad speeches where he's pulling the meaning out of his little uh, his <laughs> yeah. speech here about being a travel agent and how really trying to give himself more credit yeah. than he really deserves because well, he's, he's just a fucking travel agent, which in even 2012 mm-hmm. is kind of a useless profession. <laughs> my, but, uh, uh, my my dad never never did that. I think it's a TV dad thing. The like long long story to make almost no point whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. See what the, I the five minute story to instead of saying shut up kid yeah <laughs> basically he's, he's like I meet up with people who have different ideas about their ideal vacations every day and it's all about compromise these conflicting ideas we have to meet halfway and that's my job he's like a mediator at his travel agent job very self aggrandizing and uh, he talks about just like how baseball can tie into your science fair and I don't know exactly what the fuck the dad means when he says you can make you could co-op the two baseball and this science thing because next thing we know we're cutting to him at the baseball field and he's just to playing me, I, I think I think dad was blackmailing him I that think he was saying so. if you pay, play baseball I'll sign your science fair I didn't uh, I didn't, right. I didn't go needs, so far as to think of it as blackmail I thought of it it's it's the dad is trying to compromise he's like okay I'd be happy to sign this permission slip but right. I want you to try something for me so that way because because in the beginning of the movie he's like he needs more friends so he wants to encourage his I, son to be social yeah. but it's just misguided as a lot of parents and fa- you know specifically fathers in, are very misguided sometimes when they make suggestions yeah obviously his dad doesn't go to parent teacher conferences the mom does she right. understands why he doesn't have any friends because the town is full of freaky fucking kids <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's actually the least weird kid in yeah. this town him when you w- take it and look at any <laughs> other town in the world him and the neighbor girl who's just visiting <laughs> yeah so they um they i guess they meet in the middle you mean she's just visiting <laughs> That would be most good, Newman. Most good. Most good. Most good. Um, they watch a game at a baseball diamond, and this is 
the parents and Victor. Well, the dad's coaching. Victor's uh, playing on the team because he compromised. Mm-hmm. And these little evil shits uh, are all uh, playing too, including uh, one of the main villains here. His name is uh, to- Toshiaki. Yeah, he's this. I think Chinese kid, maybe Japanese. But he's, he's a little he's a Asian shit, descent. Man. I, don't, I don't. I don't remember 2012 very well. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about things. In we were this, all thinking about sense. the end of the world. But uh, I, I, I know, I know today that th- that's the most racist portrayal of a of an Asian I've ever seen in my life. In this movie, in this the movie, kid? the kid. Uh, here's, I was kind of asking. Of course, I asked myself that throughout. It's, I believe, it's voiced by. A it genuine Asian American actor. It is voiced by an Asian actor. I can't so there's the that. Name. Two, it's it, it's just how it's written. It could have been a white kid. It's just how the character's portrayed is the evil, right? Are we I, talking I mean, about the accent? Because I, I I mean the accent, the puppet. There's the, there's a couple there's the a eyes and cou- the puppet. There's yeah, a couple the, pronunciation choices where I'm like, what a real okay. like why why did they make that choice? And I don't know. I mean. the I Whether don't the puppet def- is or yeah. not the question. It's it, really it, just it's kind every of like stereotype that you it's think when of. you take like like oh the Asian kid has to win the science fair kind of a thing. Like, uh, okay, he's very academic and he's uh, militant about his academic. Yeah. Okay, I get. Yeah. All right. I don't want to defend something that shouldn't be defended, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just gonna leave it. But then the other thing is, you, I don't, as white people, maybe we're inferring too much in this, and that it's not a big deal. But well, we, I don't know we really have no stake in it because we're not Asian. So That's let's the, just leave it at that. Exactly. So uh, Victor steps up to bat, and he uh, he has these kind of flashbacks of uh, his teacher uh, telling him to focus on his science project, and Dad says, uh, "Get your head in the game." And he says, uh, get your head out of your ass, son, and get in the game. <laughs> have you seen have you seen primetime glick? <laughs> um, and, uh, Unfortunately, I have. <laughs> we used to like like really be into you primetime know what, glick. Primetime glick is it's a, it's a thing that's like it should it should exist in for in short form. Like as yeah. a half hour by the by 10 minutes into it, you're like, oh, I can't Not take it anymore. a feature film that parodies David Lynch no. by the end. Uh, yeah. So it's. The teacher flashes back and he says, it's okay to fail as long as you keep trying, which is, you know. That's good advice. Yeah. Victor hits the ball. It goes flying back. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a home run. It's out of the park. But Sparky goes to get it because he loves to play fetch. And this is a a good move, I thought, screenwriting-wise. That August. Dog runs out. He's a loyal dog. He loves – we know he loves his fetch. Mm -hmm. He goes out. He gets hit by the car. This – provides ample opportunity to create tension between the son and the father the father who imposed this fucking baseball shit and now the dog's dead right, because as of that. a result of this bullshit suggestion and they don't play with that quite as much no now i'm not saying that's like oh bad screenwriting i'm just saying maybe there's i don't know the, what that is as you would say they're not squeezing enough juice <laughs> out of that <laughs> fruit and i'm sure like and i was thinking about this if anybody if there's one screenwriter who could defend their work it's john august like yeah. he'd probably sit down and say let me tell you why and exactly he, he why probably, had like to you know why way. i didn't do that because it's a goddamn Disney movie, and we're not going to do that. <laughs> and, Whatever it is, it's fine. You guys not doing your homework and watching the short. It's it's oh shit. It's storyboard, storyboard. It's every scene. Click, click, click to the uh, to a to the, to the short. They don't take liberties. Um, well, they have to at so a certain it, point. So in yeah. the short, during the credits, you know, it's a twenty-minute short, I think. Yeah. So during the credits, you know, he shows the movie. 
and then you shoot to him like going out his parents saying oh great job kid yeah and then he's outside he runs outside and they're like sparky's so talented and he's making sparky do tricks because more than the parents are watching the short it's like the neighbors and the uncles yeah. and aunts. and he starts playing fetch with them the ball rolls into the street and you get the same car kind of kind of you know doing the stop and the mm-hmm. shot of the bumper and then you know the the him yelling the no yeah like so it's it's perfect onto it it's like it's to me it's a short it's a condensed version of that so in the short the dad doesn't force him to play baseball that's it's different from the feature you have an opportunity for conflict with the feature by expanding it they just don't really capitalize on it so it is still faithful it would seem just they're expanding it a little bit yeah. more mm-hmm. yeah so uh he mourns his dog, and there's a funeral in the rain for Sparky, and, and the poodle next door to Persephone knocks the ball back through the it's fence. Kind of, it's a sad alone. sequence. Like everybody, it's, like it, it, it's not just Victor who's affected by this, which I kind of appreciate. Like that next door bride of Frankenstein dog, Persephone. There is kind of like when that oh, happened, I got a little emotional. Yeah, and it's 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 a great uh, it's a great Halloween graveyard. It's yeah. a great ha- pet cemetery, Halloween graveyard. The animals, his, Sparky gets well, buried at the top of the that hill. That place is haunted, for um, sure. Did you, did you notice one of the gravestones was for zero? Oh, was it? Yep. Ah, I nice did not touch. notice that. Nice touch. I, I, I liked the, I thought the goodbye kitty was a, a very Tim Burton joke. I, I don't know if you oh, guys caught kitty, that. Oh, hello kitty. It was the uh, same. Batman Returns? No, hello kitty, just like the hello kitty Right, the the mascot like that, which character. they use in Batman Returns. Yeah, they kind of yeah. It's it's yeah. not the same, but like no, this was literally like Hello Kitty, but it was Goodbye Kitty because the cat's oh, dead. I'm, you're right. It, it, they like didn't they, really didn't take Hello Kitty in Batman Returns. I'm right. sorry. Uh, okay, but yeah, no, that yeah, they have the Max Shrek logo, which is ah, uh. looking look fuck like Felix the cat for some reason. So the the dad says if we could bring him back, we would. Regarding Sparky. And uh, he'll, we'll see if he means it later in the, yeah. the narrative. But Victor, how about that baseball though? <laughs> Let's get back on the mound, son. It's your turn to pitch. What position are you thinking? Um, Victor watches his short film again. Mourns. Victor at school. He draws Sparky. He loved that dog. He's drawing Sparky in his notebook. And uh, the do- but the teacher gives him kind of hope. Inspired a light bulb moment, pun intended, because he says even after death. The wiring remains. He's showing them a dead frog, and he says the muscle structure still remains with the jolt of electricity. It still has reflexes. Yeah. So this kind of inspires Victor to say, well, maybe I could bring of back. Of course, if I zap my fucking yeah. dog corpse, yeah. I can have him come back to life. They're, they're doing what they can to justify the sciency magic, I guess, with this movie. Uh, he So... He draws sparks over Sparky's picture in his notebook. We know what's going to happen. He rushes home to his garage. He sets up a little workshop in the attic, like a, a real Dr. Frank. His name is Victor Frankenstein, by the yeah. way. It's the Frankenstein family. He grabs appliances from the kitchen. And at night, this is when he sneaks into the cemetery, sneaks past his parents, got to dig up the dog. Yeah. And we get f- more funny animal graves, like a fire hydrant-shaped headstone. Victor digs up. Sparky's corpse brings it home, and this is a tense scene. He has to sneak it past his mom and dad. We're watching a live action movie on I, TV. I love when animated characters are watching live action. I don't know why. Yeah. I just do. I agree. They're watching some old Christopher Lee. That's a uh, was nice it a Dracula movie? Or? Yeah, yeah, Christopher Lee's Dracula. That's always a. Did they do it in Iron Giant too? I think so. Yeah. yeah. There's something where like I think they're watching live a- or they're watching like. I like when they do that too. Yeah. 
Uh, there's experiments a la Frankenstein, complete with bolts in the neck. This is Frankenweenie, you know? Yeah. So there's a lightning storm outside, and the neighbor, Burgermeister, sees Victor flying three kites in the air to conduct electricity. And I feel like I, 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 it has to be intentional that we get like a, a little bit of a Batman reference oh. there. I feel like that, that bat shape is... Ah. I don't know. Okay. Maybe, maybe Why I'm, not? Maybe I'm just re- hoping. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Burton, please direct another Batman movie. Please. Would no. you like that, actually? Or would he fuck it up? No. You would, would not like it, Jay. No. I like I said I, I'm a bit of a Tim Burton fan, but I would be I, I don't think Tim Burton should ever direct anything ever here's what, again. Here's what I want. <laughs> I want. <laughs> wow. I, I want uh, a a comic or animated series in the Burton universe that continues on because I would love to, to see more versions of uh, villains in Burton's uh, pr- through Burton's prism. To my next point. I, whatever about the Burton Batman, you take it or leave it. But what I really would like to see is because, you know, DC kills it with these animated movies, but they don't kill it with the voice actors. Right. Michael Keaton, get him to voice act an animated Batman. Yeah. And I might have said this on the show before. You said you definitely we talked about this when we did Mask of the Phantasm. I would love to like, just hear him as Batman again. Absolutely. Wouldn't I'm that be great? Too. He that would, would be, I'm yeah. sure he would be down. But anyway. He uses his bike as a conductor with the pedals and the gears. Lightning is kind of drumming up because this is New Holland, baby. Lightning hits the dog, tail wags as he, he kind of raises up on a pedestal above like a skylight opening in his roof. Yeah. And it hits him. His tail wags. He's alive. And he's so excited to see Victor that it falls off from wagging so rapidly. Yeah. He's got some Eeyore, uh, and, <laughs> an Eeyore syndrome going. And, uh, you know. The dog is stitched up everywhere. There's, there's, his, uh, he was evidently decapitated. Yeah, delimbed. <laughs> it was I, bad. I, yeah. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that car did a lot of damage. There, there must have been like some metal spikes on the front that just uh, destroyed that dog. The truck just I, backed I up and drove over you know, him again. It, was, it again. was a really little box that they buried him in. I don't know if they did that to fit him in the shoebox. I don't know what was going on. Or isn't a part of him like we see later not him? It's like a like a piece of garbage or something. There's something like part of his side. There's, yeah, there's like a, a large patch on his, on his back. Yeah, it's fucking. Yeah, it's like a quilt. Like yeah. it's fucking crazy. I think he's part cloth. He's like a little. He's like Sally. Yeah, but he's also like Edward Scissorhands, like a like a robotic kind yeah, of a little bit a man-made thing. Yeah, let's not forget. I have to remind everyone: Edward Scissorhands is a robot. He's a fucking android, guys. <laughs> he's just a very primitive one. No one thinks about that. He's a fucking robot. Like instead of like like uh, motherboard, it's like gears and fucking cogs. That's yeah. he's still a robot. Yeah. <laughs> so. The next day, he's just a steampunk robot yeah. is what he is. Victor slept in his attic, and he gets called for breakfast, and he hides Sparky from Mom. He hides it from everybody. She finds him sitting on, like, the laundry bin. He's got the dog under it. He's hiding it, concealing it under, like, a metal laundry bin. It moves a bit, and he says, that's a robot. Speaking of robot, it's Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. And she goes, oh, you're so uh, genius, genius. And then, you know, French toaster pancakes. You know, she doesn't think twice. Victor tells the dog to stay in the attic. You know, it's the E.T. thing. You know, you know, the world's not ready for you, yeah. so stay, stay here. Stay here. I, I assume you understand that. Stay here. We're going to deal with frogs later, too. I might kiss a girl. I just force <laughs> myself on her. Like, I'm going to get movie. drunk when you get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's crazy. <laughs> fucking weird. <laughs> so Sparky later on leaks water after drinking some. 
like uh, fleshes of scissor hands with the water bed almost. A little bit. The weird cat sees him from the skylight. So there are eyes all over in the neighborhood. Burger yeah. mice from this cat. And he chases it out the window to the yard. A fly crawls through a sparky seam after eating it, like <laughs> through his body. Uh, Sparky takes a baby's pacifier. He kind of makes his way through the neighborhood all yeah. over the place. Just does a bunch of dog shit. Yeah. A <laughs> bunch of dog <laughs> mischief. And he makes a B with his ass. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he teaches other dogs how to make the full <laughs> alphabet with their shit. Uh, cursive would probably be the easiest. Probably. <laughs> when it comes to writing and shitting. Uh, so Edgar sees, or maybe just... Uh, Cave draw, just ink blot. Yeah, <laughs> roar shit. Roar shits. Edgar roar sees. I <laughs> got the roar shits. Check the bowl. So Edgar sees Sparky. Hmm. Sparky catches up with the poodle Persephone. She gets shocked by his electric bolt when they kind of go like goes in for like I guess a sniff or a kiss. She gets a bride of Frankenstein shock of white hair. Now was that in the short? In the end, do right? They have a, do they have another dog? No. I thought they're like. Never mind. Yeah. It's a Mandela thing for me. It's a Morgan Freeman Invictus thing so then, for me. So then I, I appreciate it even more, though. I did like that. Like, to create, number one, you get, like it, it, it's a logical um, reference to make. I mean, it's already got this big, puffy black hair, and then yeah. to throw in the lightning bolt. It's a nice touch. Look streak to it. That's good. Sparky follows Victor up to the attic when he gets home as if he's been there the whole time. They catch up. And he says, let's top you up. This is a thing that's like a, they don't really explore it. Just one scene. He tops him up with electricity to kind of sustain him. You, I feel like that's like his time bomb, but they don't nope. get into it. It's fine. Apparently, uh, you only need 1.21 gigawatts <laughs> to bring him, a lo- to bring him back to life. 1.21 gigawatts? After that, all you have to do is just give him a little charge. <laughs> Doc, what the hell is a gigawatt? So, wait a minute, Doc. <sighs> You mean to tell me? You mean to tell me? <laughs> I can't do it. Come right. on. You built a time machine? You built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? <laughs> Edgar's there in the kitchen. It. It's fun to do that. Yeah, it's fun. Edgar's there in the kitchen, and he says, I know. He's telling Victor kind of secretly, because his mom's in the kitchen, that he knows about the resurrected dog. He says, your dog is alive. <laughs> he says it. I know. And he threatens to tell everyone. And I think Edgar's like, he's just going to be a loyal kind of Igor type. This nope. kid's the secret villain of the fucking movie. Yeah. And he asks, when when can I do it? When can I resurrect? He's so eager to do it. He says, show and tell. You tell me. Or like, I'll show, you know? You show me and I'll, I won't tell. Yeah. Um, th- I got to say, this little fucker like asks for a cookie. Yeah. Which I got to say, if a kid comes into my house and I don't have cookies out for p- kids to eat, and, and he he's asks, just like, hey, do you mind if you go into your own cabinet and get me a cookie? Yeah. And I'm like, get this kid out of my fucking house. Jack, your friend is not welcome in my home anymore asking me for cookies. <laughs> They're just going to kick out a couple kids, maybe. Yeah, to, to free gag her out, right? Wasn't it the the cookie? Like, he, he threatened to tell his mom that he had a, a yeah. dead dog in the attic. He's like, yeah, he goes, uh, Mrs. Uh, Frankenstein. She goes, what? And then he... In an act of kind of subterfuge or whatever to distract, he says, can I have a cookie? But uh, fuck him. <laughs> it cuts to, cuts to him picking out a fish at the pet store. It's a pretty grim joke. It's like it's a punchline because we know he's going to kill it. Well, how did he kill it? Because it's later at night and it's dead and he's going to resurrect it. So I don't, maybe he pulled the Mr. Bean and just banged its head <laughs> against a, a park bench. 
Uh, that's a slightly deep cut. I don't know. I like it. Our UK I know exactly what you're talking about. That. And uh, he's getting the Frankenstein treatment again, but this time it does. It turns into like a, a fish stick. It does not survive. No. But does it? I don't know. It doesn't work, but it's invisible. And that's kind of like what I ask of you guys is that there is there some sort of magic in the, the lightning going on in this town? Yeah, something because everything happens differently. Like some things grow giant. It's like it has an effect on the animals when yeah, they are yeah, resurrected. Like, so I think it, the, the teacher explains it later, doesn't he? He, he asks Victor asks him. He says, well, I had an experiment. I think this is right. The next scene is they get the invisible fish You're talking about the heart talk. Like if, you, yeah, if your you passion's gotta, not you, in it, your passion's not in it. So you know he he tells him he tells him the absolute opposite of what science is. It's an <laughs> abstract way of explaining why the monsters are abominations when the villains make them. Uh, it requires some some love, some love. <laughs> yeah, some and, caring and some love and some genuinely wanting your pet back. And it's kind of I guess it's subtle because you don't realize that until we talk here that that is a, probably exactly why they're abominations just because of a sort of metaphysical <laughs> soul-based love thing. And I think uh you know, I think we'll, I'll I'll go over when we go over all the all the pets that come back, mm-hmm. but you know, Igor is Igor is the fly on the wall. He's uh so he gets an invisible fish. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the guy who who, who spies on everybody and listens and see i wish then, they played with that a little bit more it, it reflects the owner's personalities their maybe their attributes as well because he gets a rat later as well so he gets kind of two animals but yeah i didn't even think about that that's kind of uh that's august man john august you're fucking playing with us again that, that yeah, the, the, you know Johnny. the reason he's he's got his fish revived now or brought back to life is because yeah. he was spying on edgar or or he was spying on uh, it, vincent and the dog and it begs the question though why didn't he get a fly if he's a fly on the wall? <laughs> <laughs> but cuz that I thing would just explode saying. when you try to bring it back to life you zap that he's yeah he but he's very he high he lurks he's a lurker in this movie like he he pops out like at the right time when people are having a conversation, he goes, oh, I can answer that question, yeah. you know? So he, uh, the next day, uh, he, he lies when he promised it will, as he's leaving, he lies when he promises to uh, tell Victor not to tell anybody about what happened with his invisible zombie fish. So he goes to show the buddies, the, the, like these villains, including uh, Toshiaki, uh, the, the invisible goldfish. And he says, it's my science project and it's top secret. And, uh, he leaves, like tense moment, and a- after he leaves, we stay on these other villain boys. We kind of establish that they're, I don't know, even the bigger villains of the movie, just kind of more villains they're of just the movie. Villains on villains on villains. Yeah. So they're now Toshiaki's inspired with his 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 very round because Tim Burton loves very like s- spherical people. Yeah. Uh, his rotund friend who looks like Pugsley Adams. To, uh, See, I thought uh, I thought the Tweedle Dee Tweedle Dum Tim. Yeah, that too. Yeah, just look just like those. And he's inspired to delve into like NASA like rockets. They're not quite there with the resurrection game yet, but we know that they're really trying hard to win that trophy. So Edgar gets confronted by another bully. He's like this. I don't know who he's based on. It feels like he's based on somebody, but because if everybody's an homage. This guy is somebody. He's a friend of Toshiaki. He's just kind he of goes to confront him. He's a little just like Frankenstein himself. Like he like looks very or, uh, or lurch or almost like Nosferatu. He's kind of bald. He has kind of um, I don't know, like 
Frankenstein-y Nosferatu kind of kind deal. Of, uh, yeah, I, I always got Frankenstein out of it, or mm-hmm. maybe maybe Lurch from the Adam family, like uh, crossing yeah. the two of them. Yeah, maybe more Franken than uh, than vampire. But he like he's this bully. He's friends with Toshiaki, and he confronts Edgar about this invisible fish. He's like, he tells me you have one. He goes, No, nah, I don't know what you're talking about. And he uh, then he says, Yeah, I do. Put your finger in the bowl. And it's not there anymore. The fish, it's like it's it's gone. So the the bully threatens Edgar, and he says, "I want that trophy." All these kids are after this science fair trophy. It's tearing this class apart. Who fucking it's doing. cares? So Victor goes you're, to you're check. in a you're in a class of supervillains. It's you guys, bound to happen. <laughs> you guys were in a science fair. Were you guys probably? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't. I don't think so. I was going to ask, what one. was your project? Mine was probably pathetic. I can't even remember. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't know that yeah. I had to do one. It was I'm always a, sure some kid was. always had a volcano that foamed, right? Probably. Yeah, foaming volcano. I've actually never seen one of those in person. No? So, no, I can't I can't <laughs> vouch for that. <laughs> I think movies invented those. Um, volcanoes. Yeah. <laughs> as, in, as seen in Volcano. Yeah. Edgar tells him to put the finger. Yeah, it's not there anymore. Guy threatens Edgar. Victor goes to check on Sparky. He's still there. And then Toshiaki and we cut and the friend they're trying an experiment with a soda bottle jetpack on the roof of like one of the, the, the rotund kids house. Yeah. The friend, the rotund kid falls, hurts himself pretty badly, like <laughs> smash cut to an ambulance showing up. His mom's pissed. They're like, what are you kids doing? Science. Yeah. You know, Mr. Burgermeister now has a town hall meeting because of this. Yes, the, the simple word of science instantly spawns the entire town. Yeah. One injury, near and mob everyone is against mentality. science. I guess I'll forget because it's a kid's movie. It's just because science. But in an adult movie, it'd be like, oh, that does not. No, that fat kid fly. is an idiot. That's the problem. Yeah. But he thought that fucking soda would lift his fucking round body. Surely it must be science. These people why, are dumb. Why do you need to be on the roof? Yeah. To, I to know, do right? He didn't need to do with. that. I guess because he needed propulsion with the he was off the ground for just a brief period. He's like, it's working. And then he falls. Did he have wings? Because, I mean, without no. wings, you yeah. don't really need to be like in the air. It was bottle strapped to a fat kid. Yeah. It was interesting because uh, uh, Ko- what's his name? Kosh- uh, Toshiaki pulls out his little uh, 16 millimeter camera and films the kid yeah. and like takes data. He's very serious about his uh, science fair. But anyway, at this town hall meeting. Uh, the science teacher apparently is the problem, and he's there to defend himself, but it's kind of indefensible at this point because all the parents are so dumb and, yeah. and sheep mentality. And they talk about now. This is why I don't think this is 1950s because they talk about Pluto. It's that specific line. They're like, now Pluto's not even a planet, and we didn't acknowledge that until 2010. At some point, some point after the year 2000, Pluto. Dis- they're like, fuck it, not a planet anymore. Exactly. So this is a timeless movie. But if, if it wasn't for the Pluto thing, I would say this is a 1950s movie. It, it's kind of even more just like a joke for the parents, almost. Cause yeah. Like I don't even know that kids would know what that meant. How long? I don't know how long sea monkeys have been around, but a long time. So and you had sea monkeys, uh, yeah. And they, I raised, I raised them. I gave them all names after problematic people because it was really bad irony, <laughs> anti humor. I said, "This is Drew Peterson. This is Tiger Woods. <laughs> this is Alex Rodriguez. This is uh, they Gacy." Lived, they lived for far longer than they should have. Yeah, then they grew uh, bigger than I'd say uh, conservatively bigger than this dog I'm looking at over <laughs> here in this room here. 
He sw- he, we needed a hot tub by the end. Yeah. Uh, they did not like that in the apartment. No. But they loved Frank Sinatra. Uh, our late father would t- play Frank Sinatra. Come fly with me. And he'd be like, uh, he would be taking his own like data. And he'd be like, they seem to respond to <laughs> Frank Sinatra. They like Frank Sinatra. They don't Hank, like uh, the biscuit. Hank loves sitars. <laughs> I yeah. can uh, I can play Beatles music or yeah. the intro to Dexter. The intro to Dexter is the best. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he'll howl to it. He'll anything by Rolf Kent, really. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh God, the teacher tries to defend himself. He, he's so salty. He says, "I think the confusion here is that you're very ignorant. You're afraid of science because you have such small minds." <laughs> and he's like, "I am the train." <laughs> <laughs> I am the trade. I am the trade. And they misinterpret his, uh, what he says is, I want to pry open their skulls. I want to get at their brains. Yeah. They think it's like, it's basically, it reminds me of School of Rock when he says, I'm pretty sure I touched your kids. Yeah. Like, oh. They all take it literally and he meant it figuratively. Yep. It's, a, it's a comedic cartoon reaction. When it's mob mentality against one person, of course they're going to yeah. take it the exact opposite way. They just called you idiots. If yeah. it was the Simpsons, Mo would be leading this. Uh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Defiant. He wants to break their brains open. <laughs> so Victor speaks briefly with the neighbor girl, Winona. She feels sad for him after he walks away. Sad for him. He misses his dog. S- misses his dog, Sparky. <laughs> it's so sad that Sparky has passed away. Will. I see messages in the lights on the walls. He's talking to me, Hopper. So, Jared, you guys haven't watched Stranger Things. That's for the people who watch. Everybody else who has watched Stranger Things. No. So, neat new teacher. She is this the Catherine? Oh no, no, Catherine. You the weird girl was. I mean, no, she does. Your play favorite the, Catherine O'Hara is the weird. girl. She does also play my the gym favorite teacher. is this gym teacher who comes in at each and. Here's a Burton staple that's kind of fresh that was established, I think, with Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, which is bitches in tracksuits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking Missy Pyle is a bitch in a tracksuit, and yeah. this gym teacher is a bitch in a tracksuit. I'm pretty sure, I'm not crazy, in Dark Shadows, there's a bitch in a tracksuit as well. I'll, I have not seen Dark Shadows. I'll give it to you, probably. He, he loves bitches in tracksuits. Don't. Don't don't take that as any reason to see Dark Shadows. <laughs> I had no plans to see unless Dark Shadows was under ninety minutes. I don't need to ever see it. But why Johnny Depp is in such good faith with us? I know. So he's, 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 <laughs> Victor talks to the teacher. Guys, Amber Heard is full of shit. Okay, chair, <laughs> chair, chair. Blatant sarcasm. Well, then, then why in the I know. Is Johnny digging a hole in the desert. <laughs> he's digging his cra- car- a grave. Meanwhile, his career. Meanwhile, down the down the road, Jeremy Renner is kicking sand and singing. Now, baby, let's ride. <laughs> have you seen that, Jay? Yes, I have. He's fucking. He thinks he's like a rock star now, <laughs> Jeremy Renner. It's so funny though, because he's still gonna be Hawkeye. So it's he'll like, always be. And Jeremy, I remember. But no, but like he's literally gonna be Hawk- Hawkeye in the future still, because he's got a right. Plus series. So it's like, don't try to be a rock star now, man. I remember I shared that with Jared though uh, via text, and Jared was like singing, uh, "I'm 47 <laughs> years old." It's so funny to see like that's he's a, trying to kickstart his rock star career. He's a, almost that's 50. a Shaq Fu moment. Are you guys aware of Shaq Fu? Oh yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I know what Shaq we had Fu the was. CD. We listen to it. You want to know how familiar <laughs> the video I am? game too? It, it was came a, with the, yeah. the video game. Yeah. Shaq Fu was the first video game I ever received as a gift. <laughs> that's how that's fucked true. Up. It's true. We had we didn't even have a Sega Genesis yet, but my mom had bought it for us, and the guy she was <laughs> so like. <laughs> 
<laughs> before the system. Yeah. We got Shaq food. So, no, now he, he got something to work towards, too. So my mom was dating this guy, and he buys us That's two. Se- right. He buys us two each a Sega game for Christmas. But because my birthday is December tenth, I think he gave it to us early. And I'm like, he gave us these games, and neither of us, we didn't have a Sega yet. So I'm like, number one, Shaq Fu. Why? Yeah. Number two. Number two. Spoiler. What am I supposed to play this on? And yeah. Then it wasn't what, until what a like spoiler for Ma's Christmas. Present, right. As right? like, oh, that we're probably too. getting a Sega for Christmas, and then Mom was like, kind of like. Uh, you might get it for Christmas. I don't know. We'll see. And but then we were like, all right, so we just got to wait two weeks. Yeah, but that's Jerry Renner's Shaq Fu moment. Like, yeah. At that time, Shaquille O'Neal was huge. Everybody loved him. And he was like, yeah. I'm making video games now. Yeah, and yeah. I'm going to be an actor, a rapper. Love if this. If Eddie Murphy can sing, I can sing too. <laughs> now, baby, let's ride. 37 years <laughs> old. So, Victor talks to his teacher as he's packing up his car. It's that you've seen this scene in other things before. Uh, the inspir- like Robin Williams is leaving. Oh, captain, my captain. Yeah. Let me catch up with you before you leave, teacher, for some parting words. And the parting words are, or what does he say? Uh, he says, your heart has to be in it. The reason why your experiment failed the second time is the variables changed. The variables unexpectedly are your passion and your heart, which I think is pretty cool message to send i guess yeah except that you can't scientifically measure those two things so it makes no sense that that's those why would i'm be. losing my job i don't know don't listen to me apparently i don't really understand science <laughs> at all and edgar and the villain boys discussed the fish it was real oh i just gotta say edgar and the villain boys sounds like a good cool like a cool name like edgar, the villain boys the villain boys like a that vi- just sounds like if you're gonna video like, game posse like a, it sounds like a f- uh, like a family movie pack of evil people. The villain boys. The villain boys. I picture like a Mario game for some reason. Yeah. Like you take on the villain boys. Yeah, like Paper Mario <laughs> 5. It'll be like the villain boys at yeah. one point. And they discussed that the fish... Edgar insists the fish was real, the invisible fish. He already brought back his dog. Victor did, oops. He says to the villains, they go, what? What? So they brought back a Sparky? Yeah, it's very... That part is pretty racist. I don't care if, if the guy playing it is. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe not. Tweet us. Mom comes to the attic and sees Sparky finally. Ah, reveal. Sparky is alive. Parents know. Dog sees himself in the mirror briefly, and he escapes. I'm a freak. I'm a freak. I'm I'm a a monster. monster. (laughs) Exactly. So the dad says, uh, what have you done? Uncle Jack wants to know (laughs) what have you done. Toss me. (laughs) uh, Lift with vigor. And he's, he's, he says, now, remember how I said earlier when he says, I, if I could bring him back, I would. And Victor calls him out on it. And the dad says, well, it's easy to promise the impossible, son. <laughs> what a fucking asshole. But it's true. I guess he has a point. Uh, the parents agree to set aside the issues, though, to go get Sparky, who is run off. And this is like what Victor occupies himself with for the next 10 minutes of the movie while the villains all the fucking villains in the neighborhood are getting dead animals, yeah. gathering them up and resurrecting them without their 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 passion, their hearts. It's all it's all about a trophy. Yeah, and the parents, uh, yeah, at the carnival now, the Sparky, the Sparky, <laughs> runs into all the attractions. He's scared. The villain kids working together to figure out the they're reverse engineering this whole reanimation scheme. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the pet cemetery, Sparky wanders in. He sees his own grave. And he sleeps by it. I guess one of the most poignant shots of the movie. Um, Elsa Van Van Helsing is the Dutch girl, Winona Ryder. She's now at the Dutch Fest. Dutch Day. Dutch Day Fest. Hosted by Mr. Burgermeister, who may or may not be the mayor. 
He's the mayor. Yeah. He's the yeah. mayor of New Holland. Wow. Victor lives next door to the mayor. Wow. So he, uh, she wears this fiery helmet yeah. on stage reluctantly. It's like, yeah, like a, a paper paper hat with candles on it. Very precarious. This uh, helmet and. Uh, he says, you know, a lot of girls would kill to be in your place. <laughs> I love that. Like the whole when there's like a shitty like fest or centennial going on in our small village and it's like supposed to be a b- it's everything to the small villagers, yeah. but it's nothing to the kids. Yeah, Who that's the, the vibe here. So she sings half heartedly about New Holland. It's like an original song, like an anthem. The two villain kids. I don't know who they are. I just have two villain kids. They show up. Sparky at the pet cemetery to find their animals that dig up their animals. I'm going to gloss over here. Edgar tries with a dead rat. Chubby villain kid tries with sea monkeys. Yeah. The cat girl even tries reanimating a bat. That gets bat shit crazy. Uh, Winona uh, wraps up her song, and they see in the distance lightning hitting uh, everywhere. That was actually Winona singing. Was it? Yeah. yeah. I don't doubt that. <laughs> it's well, pretty bad. They, they said uh they said Tim Burton they wanted to get they were getting somebody to sing it and Tim Burton was like, No, it needs to be poorly sung. And yeah. she was like, I'll do it. Totally. <laughs> Definitely. And, well, uh, I'm poorly acting in movies, I can poorly <laughs> sing in them too. <laughs> what else do you need? Uh, so the lightning hits everywhere at once in the distance, and this is when Mis- Mr. Whiskers transforms once he gets hit by lightning. He turns into, transforms into like a hell bat cat. Yeah. It's like a hybrid bat cat. Flies away. This movie is not very pro cat. It's very pro dog. Yeah. And that's always a question. And I feel like Tim Burton himself is anti cat. Yeah. So. That's always it's a, a question. It's unfortunate. When you watch a pro dog movie, is, is it going to be anti cat? And this movie. You know what? They should be. As a pro dog man, it's, they uh, should be. No, why, why can't we all just have a Milo and Otis situation? Here, this, this is what I, I say: most pro dog movies are anti cat, but if there's ever a pro cat movie, they're not always anti dog. Mm. I'm just saying. I need examples to flesh out that. One. I'm just <laughs> hoping that that's true. <laughs> he grasping at those those whiskers. Because I tell you what, Lady and the Tramp surely doesn't paint cats in a very good light either. No, as a matter of fact, they're cutting those all together out in that stupid straight to Disney Plus uh, live action one. I, I don't know that they're cutting them out. I think they're just I doing a new version. Cats. Well, what'd you say? I used to have a bumper sticker on one of my old trucks that said "I speed up for cats." CJ, you don't like cats. You agree with Thanos, man? I don't know. I don't know if we can. Uh, this talk is Jay's to you last episode of Ninety <laughs> Under Ninety. Uh, so. All the animals are being resurrected. Colossus is like a gerbil that one of the villain kids has. And to me, I'm Homage thinking... Homage to the mummy. Uh, he's wrapped up. And I'm thinking, this kid seems like he likes Colossus a lot. His heart seems to maybe be in it. And to that point, we don't really get to see his full potential. Uh, so I guess the rules are still safe. Uh, we'll well, get into that. I mean, once you factor in a trophy, that's the variable that creates the abomination. It really corrupts the mind. Yeah. Once you get that gold. You get tainted by gold. Uh, oh, I see, uh, smell the gold. So there's a giant turtle, and there's mutated sea monkeys. And who, I dig the sea monkeys. Who, I, I'm about to say, who gives a fuck about the rest of this movie? I, don't, I, I mean, I dig the... the <laughs> honestly, I'm ready to check out. I, I like the everything up to this. I'm like, cool, this is a tight little personal story. And then they try to make it just like a lot of these big movies try to do in the third act. They, they have to branch out to the city, and yeah. now the stakes have to be higher and everything. I don't need it, you know? Yeah, that's true. When it's, not, when it's supposed to be a personal story exactly. about the boy and his dog. But, yeah, I will say I like the... the 
the concept of the sea monkeys growing yeah. and like becoming alive. But I will also say that this is the part of the movie where I fall asleep for 10 minutes because I, I literally um. and this is a problem. And I was talking to you about this, too. Something about stop motion animation. Mm-hmm. Every stop motion yeah. movie, I get to a certain point after about an hour where I get exhausted you, from watching it, and I don't know what it is. Nightmare happens the same yeah. thing. Corpse Bride was the same thing. That's Mr. A, Fox. That's a good point. I, I have trouble. I have trouble watching longer, longer ones too, like over over an hour. I literally don't know what it is, but it's yeah. like only an hour my brain can handle of it, and then it's just like I'm way too exhausted. Yeah, it's there's something to be said there. I don't know what it is exactly, but there is something to be said there. Uh, you're not. You don't stand a chance with Mr. Fox, then, which is our future. I've episode. seen it. Oh, I, I, really? I probably like fell it? asleep. No, yeah. I didn't. I didn't See, like it as much as you guys. I like Mr. Fox, and even then, there are parts where I'm, I'm looking around the room, like, "What are we doing?" I gotta check my texts or something. Yeah, yeah. It's it's weird. It has that weird effect. Totally. But Victor, he goes to the pet cemetery. He looks for Sparky. They meet up and they hug, and uh, he sees other graves have been dug up and. It's not long before the other villain kids, they're asking Victor for help because their, anim- their abominations are <laughs> running amok uh, with their mutated zombie animals. Toshiaki pulls out his camera, though, and he kind of giggles to himself. He has, like, ulterior evil motives. I guess he's going to film Victor die or something. I don't know. They don't really get into it. But they're going to they're gonna film his, uh, his Godzilla turtle. And that's his science uh, experiment. Whose so. name was Shelley. Oh. Spelled like... Like uh, the original Frankenstein. Ah, Mary Shelley. Yeah. See, that's clever. Now the carnival gets terrorized by this giant turtle creatures, sea monkeys. Mister Burgermeister gets his uh, gets his comeuppance by sea monkeys in a porta potty. I thought that there was. I mean, maybe it's too dated at this point, but and I, I, it's not the tone that he's going for. But I thought that this should have been a Jurassic Park reference in here. Like, felt felt like it. That's th- the thing. Like he runs. He takes cover in there. But like and I wanted to see like the the giant turtle should be the one it to should take be like off to lift thing. off yeah like yeah. yeah that's what I wanted to see but it yeah. wasn't yeah it wasn't exactly the same I was expecting it but that yeah yeah you it, know he got an offer Jurassic Park Burton did Burton did I don't that doesn't surprise me I he, I, uh, he turned it down I didn't know that yeah he got offered Jurassic Park and turned it down and no I'm sorry it's just a little too goofy for me. Well, well the things that where dinos- are the stripes are going just to be too real so <laughs> yeah where are they <laughs> So Victor's parents... Can we, can we give the stegosaurus scissor hands? <laughs> it's more stripes. Victor's parents defend themselves in a phone booth. Giant turtle picks it up and, and bites the booth. And then we get the Go Colossus moment. You think that the little gerbil is going to become big because he starts to... Something starts to happen. His bandages start to tear. He starts to grow big. But then he gets squished by the giant turtle. Ha ha. Punchline. Yeah. Yeah. Dead gerbil. <laughs> the rat chases Edgar... This is like the Edgar Rats. It's his parallel to go off of what Jay was saying. It's kind of they mimic the traits a little bit. And the sea monkeys, they start eating popcorn and they blow up and they find the weakness. It's there. He's like, well, let me ask you something. Are those freshwater sea monkeys? He says, yes. Then we salt water. They can't they can't tolerate salt. So they thwart them with with sodium, salty popcorn. Elsa fights. Very gremlins like very gremlins like. Yeah, that's like... Uh, they run amok and then you find their weakness and... Secret Achilles heel. Uh, Elsa fights the rat dog. Sparky jumps into... And this is like... Sparky takes like a back seat here, narratively speaking. For a movie called fucking Frankenweenie, he, all he does is he's relegated to just being a supporting character who helps defend the neighborhood from these, these animals. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, I don't like this third act. Can you guys get that here? Yeah. Oh, so. absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I, and I fell asleep, so like that tells you what I think about the third act. He jumps into fight. He gets tossed, though. The rat gets shocked when biting Sparky's neck, and that's how he gets thwarted. And then we kind of learn that electricity. Hey, uh, guys, did you know that electricity is going to thwart them? <laughs> did you know electricity is dangerous yeah, to a living yeah. creature? The giant turtle stands on a puddle, takes uh, like a wire electricity. He gets thwarted. Mr. Whiskers takes Persephone, the poodle. It's, remember, he's flying now. He's a bat, so he scoops the poodle off the ground. Elsa and Victor give chase. Mr. Burger and the townsfolk. This is too late, too dumb, too contrived. They have their torches, and they chase Sparky because they think he hurt Elsa. Whatever, yeah. man. We're at the finish line. <laughs> so they end up in a windmill. Sparky leads uh, the townsfolk and Mr. B to the windmill. And he likes, does he deliberately set it on fire? No, in his mob mentality, he was preaching to the crowd and, and then holding, he, his, holding his torch now, looking what he was doing. Guys, I'm going to accidentally, oh, fire, oh, no. Does the fire, anyone have any way to put out the fire? The fire chief that was at uh, Dutch Day is in the crowd. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's the first one Fucking to ro- scream and run. Fat lot of good he does. That's funny, man. That this movie's really saying things about. <laughs> everything, man. Fucking, you can't even rely on fucking firemen these days, man. So Victor saves Elsa, Persephone, with a rope, a la Batman, at the top of the windmill because they're scaling like the blades. There's a struggle with the bat, like inside, like, and it's burning down, so the structure's collapsing. They're hanging on outside. Victor tosses a rope to save Elsa, who has Persephone in her hands. And then Mr. Whiskers like, tackles. Once they get to safety, Mr. Whiskers tackles Victor. He falls to the bottom. He gets knocked out. And that gives Sparky the opportunity to rescue Victor from the burning windmill, thus proving himself to the townsfolk that he's not such a bad dead dog. You fox, if it's you were just taking a go. moment. And then Whiskers emerges to take Sparky into the wreckage. It's a lot of you get out, uh, you go in now into the wreckage with him for a fight. And then this is gnarly. The debris pierces Whiskers back, like just impales this bat cat abomination. It collapses. The structure collapses. No. And it looks like Sparky didn't make it. Cut to black for a long beat. Aftermath. And we see dead, dead Sparky. This is dead, not undead. This is dead. So sometimes, and this is Martin Short admits his fault to the kid finally. He says, uh, sometimes adults don't know what they're talking about. And they... You should w- definitely reanimate dead animals. <laughs> exactly. Play, play God, son. And they all, and this is, they whip up a solution pretty quickly. They get all their cars and they hook up jumper cables, to, like six cars in a, a circle. They hook them up to Sparky. Start your engines. Yeah. And they all start their engines. And it's like you think maybe he won't make it. They play with that, but he makes it. The dog is resurrected from all the cars. Mr. And B is on board. It's too. a nice moment. I mean, yeah. for for as bad as this third act I'm just, feels, it, it is it's a nice sweet moment. I just need all... a quick, fast, sweet ending, and yep. we get it. And uh, they start the cars. Yeah, even Burger's on board now. And, and that's he... uh, that's how, that's where the short ends. Is, okay. Is uh, is Sparky saves saves Victor? There's no none of that monster third act. Right, right, right. Uh, okay, with the, you know, the flying bat. Yeah. yeah. There's, none of, there's none of that. They like, had to make it more like grand and more yeah. feature, and I don't appreciate it. In, it the, really. in the short, 
the boy is in danger. The dog by from getting hit by a car. The dog once again runs and pushes See, pushes the boy out and gets hit by the car again. That personal story I'm looking for. That's short. Maybe this movie wasn't meant to be expanded into a feature film. Well, it's really it's more so like the. It's as if Disney was like, look, if you're going to spend two years and all of this money on this, you better have something interesting going on than just one dog. And that's what I fucking don't like about studios. Like, well, you better make we're putting millions. You better make this big, 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 big. And it's that's not always makes a great story. You know, that's why you need to watch Dumbo, I think. (laughs) Really? From what I've heard about it. Is it small? Like smaller scale, it doesn't like the third act isn't a big city like townsfolk all running. It's, it's more so just about like how fucking uh, to an extent a corporation steps in and like fucks with shit. Like you know, like <laughs> all right, I will check it out. Yeah, for sure. Is the Elephant Fly song in it? I don't know to be honest. The crows. I, I, I haven't yeah. seen it. I just read about it. So the Siamese I, no, there's no the crows. There's actually no. I don't think that there's any music in. Well, no, they do have the baby. Boys, whatever. Do they, if they yeah. don't have the crows, oh. the crows singing about elephants flying, I'm out. Right. I'll check it out. Which we discussed in Dumbo, which we you can did. find in our uh, first wave of ninety. We landed in an arguably controversial spot with those crows. We cut them a little slack because of we put context in with it. Just listen to the episode. Yeah, we get into it. But um, point being, three, two and a half white men uh, did not think that the crows were that racist. Yeah. Bottom line, and there's reasoning. It's not just <laughs> read the, listen yeah. to the reasoning. So, no Sparky return. Victor's like, is that's okay though? But no, Sparky returns from all the cars, and he comes back, yay! And it's really abrupt ending because Persephone the poodle reunites with Sparky. They kiss. And there's like a little static shock between them. Ah, cut to the credits. That's it. That's it. The end of the movie. We done. A we Tim out. Burton joint. He throws the mic down and says, do I need to make another one? And we all collectively say, no, no, but go ahead. Try. Like, I'll do Dumbo. <laughs> hold, hold my. It's not beer. It's uh, hold my. What would even, he drink? Jay? What does Tim Burton drink? Black coffee, <laughs> like gritty black coffee. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm asking Jay. <laughs> I, yeah. Maybe what is black coffee? Drink? Maybe uh, Drambuie. Dram- there you Just go. Just Drambuie. <laughs> Straight <laughs> up. <laughs> Helena, where's the Drambuie? He's not even with her anymore. Oh, he's not? No, they're separated. I didn't know that. Yeah. Because oh. there was a there was a rumor that like I don't even know Did if there's any more oh. truth to it anymore that he kind of went on moved skip to Eva Green. Oh. Yeah, he does he, he has went, muses. He's a muse guy. Yeah. Before her it was the Lisa Marie. Yes. For a long time, and then, yeah, then it became Helena, and then now, theoretically, Eva Green. Lisa Which I'm like, Edward. you traded up, to be honest with you. I Eva. love Helena Bonham Carter, but you traded up with Eva Green. They're both great. And yeah. Is Lisa Marie and Ed Wood? Yeah. Yeah, well done on that, too. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, <laughs> Tim Burton, as weird as he is, yeah, maybe yeah. he's like uh, the Counting Crows guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just gets so much. I don't know how ass. he does it, but it works. Aren't I weird? <laughs> yeah, you are. Quirky. You scare me. I like that. <laughs> we were uh, saying in the, I said in the beginning that, you know, I think Burton needed a win. Yeah. And that's why this was so toned down. And I don't, I don't, I don't think it was, I don't think it was his win. I think it was a personal win for him. Yes. That I, I will I totally think, agree with you on. And to me, his problem in every movie is as soon as you, as soon as you let him off the leash, like, he he he's just 
goes off on his own tangent and it's like nobody wants to see that but you tim like yeah we understand you're deep and dark yeah that's that's cool how about you make movies for the rest of us yeah <laughs> at the same time like we talk about maybe studio interference like and Bur- like, i'll call it burton wrangling i maybe unhinged isn't good and maybe too much wrangling there's a balance i think with the burton you know you got to balance your burtons well yeah. i mean to even discuss a point that they make in this movie if his heart isn't in it it doesn't feel right so you know like I think you look at that yeah. first wave of movies you got beetlejuice and you got batman which is not his character but a very personal version of this story even uh, edward scissorhands ed wood you know these are Mars all very attacks. yeah Mars Attacks is the one where he's like, okay, let me try something. And then it's like, that doesn't work. And then he's like, okay, Planet of the Apes, I guess. Like, what do you want me to do? I don't know. I took a risk. Mr. Commercial. Yeah. Uh, Where do we stand with Big Eyes, though? That's kind of the weird I never saw it, so I've wanted to see it. Because it's a small story, obviously. Uh, but it's like that Ed Wood scale. He was bringing back that Ed Wood. And, and I appreciate uh, it. Scott and Larry wrote it, too. So Solid like, writers. Yeah. They tweeted at us. <laughs> yeah. That remember it was uh, Jack Lord. Yeah, <laughs> it, listen to our screwed episode or the uh, one after the screwed. Yeah, uh, they gave us well needed context for why a certain character had been in uh, had been in trouble. Yeah. So why no why no Johnny in this one? Why no Depp? No Depp. Good question. Twenty twelve. And what was he doing? I've got the answer. Fucking Lone Ranger. <laughs> Is that what he was doing? <laughs> no, I've got the answer for you. What Burton actually passed up doing Pirates Dead Man Chest with. Right, 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 for right. Disney, but he to do Frankenweenie. Oh, Frankenweenie was the project that he that he took S- instead. The voice acting, though, you can do in like a week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand that. Even Jeff Goldblum, I heard about it for Isle of Dogs, his stuff was sent remotely on an iPhone. You could. I, that's actually like some of the cast of The Simpsons that's, don't that's even. Pretty great. They record in. just in their own. So I like what I guess I don't really I can't really. I guess if that's what you're saying, then that's what it is. I'm not. I'm not sure if that's why Depp wasn't in it. I don't know if he asked him or if he didn't have room for him. I know he. But uh, the was previous a, six were all Depp. Everything in, before, everything from Big Fish to Frankie Weenie was Johnny Depp. Right, a streak of Depp. It was like a De Niro, Scorsese, or DiCaprio, Scorsese. I don't know. I don't know where they. Maybe maybe he made a crack about Helena Bonham Carter, just like Daniel Stern. He's maybe, in the Stern box, <laughs> you know. Well, maybe they. This, this was the first intent not to have Helena Bonham Carter. Uh, Mars Attacks was the one. The last time he didn't have a movie with her in it. That's right. Before we could, this, and we, we could speculate here. Yeah, he had ten producer credits or ten movies that he was producer on. Had right. her in him straight until. Until Frank and Weenie. Guys, I think we got to write into Burton to re- figure this out. And you know what? He will respond. Yeah. He yeah. seems like a gettable guy. Like, he's the John August of directors. That's right. Yeah. He's very approachable about mm-hmm. these types of things. Uh, here's what I'll say in summation. This is three quarters of a good movie. It's pretty tight. The third act blows. And it, it, the more I think about it, it is very personal and a personal victory for just the fact that this exists for Burton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it could have been a swan song. It could have been. Yes. Could have been, yeah. But... I don't know. Falls and short for me. I've yet to watch this with a child, so I don't know how a child would respond to all of this stuff. They Dad, why get is it in most black and white? <laughs> what is black and white? What happened to the color? <laughs> well, when you when you show it when you show it to Jack, show him the short. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that Let is discover the Burton one on it. This is Jay's last up. Yeah, that's right. This is your uh, last well, up of this yet. first wave of ninety, and uh, your birthday is uh, in a couple days. So uh, happy birthday! So happy Jay. early happy birthday. birthday to me! Thank you, guys. Um, and um, 
uh, yeah, thanks for doing this uh, first wave. Like I said, I don't know if we can have you back with your Thanos and your cat theories, but uh, that's okay. Maybe we'll we'll get past that. Mm. I, 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 <laughs> jo- I joke about cats, yeah, not about Thanos. <laughs> oh. oh shit, he's throwing down. The Gauntlet. Oh, shit. And that's where we're going to wrap up. That is Frank and Weedy from 2012 at 87 minutes. And we've already talked about how much of a slog and how bad it can be at times. But three quarters of a good movie. Three quarters of a good movie. And um, watch the short. Yeah, watch the short. Save yourself 40 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, An hour and 27 minutes. Um, But that is uh, it for this week, and we will continue with our Halloween streak next uh, week. But until then, (laughs) next month almost, I was going to say. Until then, I'm Jeremy Eden. I'm Dan Eden. And I'm Jay Drum. That's a wrap.